In moments when I'm experiencing a whirlwind of emotions, like homeschool stress, frustration, overwhelm, I look into my mirror and speak to myself. I discover there's a distressed, anxious human being on the other side of the mirror. And you know what happens when I witness someone's anxiety, fear, or frustration? I feel compassion, even if it's me staring back. I can't deny the intensity of human experience when I look into my mirror. I see her blue-gray eyes and her nearly 50-year-old crinkled creases. Pretending to herself that she's not stressed won't help her. Telling herself it's not a big deal won't help her because pretending requires that I function on two realms, the real one and the fake one. And living life in two realms is too much work. Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the Certified Life Coach and Homeschool Mentor found at www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. If you're a homeschool mom that is addressing stress, frustration, and overwhelm, then this is the podcast episode for you. In conversation with many homeschool moms these last few weeks, I recognize I need to delve into strategies to help you reduce your stress, anxiety, and overwhelm. There has been horrendous violence and suffering. Uh, There have been stories of people having challenges with their income, their incomes declining. There's increasing grocery prices and energy prices. And I've heard of loss of or the grief of special someones through suicide and other causes. I know of a homeschool family who was in a home lockdown in her community because there was a, a shooter at large. And I know of another homeschool mom who is challenged by bullying in her child's school to the point that her child is in physical danger. So many moments of stress and anxiety and overwhelm in the really big picture And then add on those homeschool mom challenges like managing postpartum anxiety and depression or perimenopausal roller coasters, seasonal affective disorder, brain health challenges, recently known as mental health challenges. I'm going to call it brain health challenges, relationship challenges, unrealistic expectations, perfectionistic tendencies, chronic illness, and whatever else you want to put on this list. We still have experiences of stress, anxiety, and overwhelm that challenge us in the four walls of our homeschool lives beyond all the huge ones that are happening outside of that. This podcast episode is an opportunity for you. You get to decide if you'll allow the present challenges to be a catalyst for your growth or succumb to unhealthy tactics to self-soothe that could result in addiction or anxiety or depression overwhelming you. The homeschool mom life is a journey that tests our mettle, brings to the surface our natural penchants for stress, overwhelm, and anxiety, with or without all the other huge challenges in our world. So today I offer practical tips for homeschool moms strategies to help you face the stresses, the challenges, the overwhelm, the anxiety moments in your homeschool life and beyond. 
So before we begin, I'm going to ask you four questions to help you assess your level of stress in your life and your ability to implement strategies that serve you when you're stressed. So question one, how often do you make time to address homeschool stress or life stresses? And what specific activities do you routinely engage in? Question two, do you find it manageable to set realistic expectations for your homeschool life when you're having an especially stressful season? Question three, what's your current approach to time management and how does it help reduce your feelings of overwhelm? And question four, how do you maintain a positive mindset and cultivate hope even in really challenging situations? Today I share with you 23 strategies to tame the stress strike. But before I do, I want to address something that I can't address in this podcast episode. You know, scenarios like one of the homeschool moms that recently shared um, her reason. This is her reason for bringing her child out of school. She hadn't expected to homeschool this year. She said, just a few weeks ago, I just started with a homeschooling program for my daughter. The public school she was attending wasn't capable of providing a safe learning environment for her as they allowed a kid who threatened to shoot up her school come back with zero consequences. The boy has bullied my kid since the beginning and the principal refused to do anything. It's been a stressful couple of days. And to that mama, you know, I've had conversation with you behind the scenes, but my heart goes out to you. That would be incredibly stressful. And I know that the strategies that I'm going to share in this episode are ways to help you address certain feelings within yourself, the the tangible experience that you feel in your body. And also, we are sometimes challenged with things that we need to go outside of ourselves and advocate in a public way. And so I'm behind you. And for all those homeschool parents that are presently dealing with something that requires them to do more than stress management techniques or strategies, that you really are facing something that you may not know how to address, that requires you to advocate in a way you haven't done before, I'm here cheering you on. But today, I'm going to offer you 23 strategies to tame the homeschool stress dragon. Because with or without these huge challenges that have been happening in the last, well, while, depends on who you are and how you perceive things in the world, they've been happening for a while, aka forever. We just don't always see everything all the time. But whatever the case, if you are a homeschool mom, you already have stresses. It's called being a homeschool mom or being a mom or being a mom of a particular child or challenge with a child or a particular challenge with your own brain health or you fill in the blank. So many options. So here are 23 strategies to tame the homeschool stress dragon. The first thing that I would suggest is that you prioritize self-care or wellness. You have to come up with a plan to address your stress. That means you're setting aside time for yourself, even if it's just a few minutes a day. When you're engaging in activities that relax or rejuvenate you, or really just slow down your parasympathetic nervous system, whether it's reading quietly, 
taking a bath, breathing exercises, practicing yoga or stretching, or simply going for a walk in nature. These things can help to slow things down, can slow your parasympathetic nervous system so you can be more present. Set aside time for yourself and recognize that being present for your kids doesn't mean that you have to be present 24-7. And as homeschool moms, you're more likely to be anyway. But it doesn't mean you have to do that. It is important for you to take breaks for your own well-being and to ensure that the time you do spend with your kids is quality time. Even for homeschool moms, there's no guarantee we're giving quality time. So delegate tasks and use extra time, whatever time you can scrounge, to focus on your wellness, to recharge, and do things that you enjoy. The second strategy is to set realistic expectations, or at least try. First, you need to clarify what your unrealistic goals or expectations are. You want to write down the things you think that might not be realistic. Can you think of a couple? Those are probably the ones. You're probably right. Recognize that there will be good days and there will be bad days, and it's okay to adjust your plans as needed. You're not always going to have a clean kitchen. Trust me, 25 years into family life, and I know that you really won't. So your goal isn't a clean kitchen. And I've learned that you also won't complete all the read-alouds and curriculum and plans that you had for your homeschool days. How do I know? Because I have many unfinished in my homeschool room still. So set realistic expectations, or at least try. The third thought is to expect positive things. Cultivate a mindset of possibility and hope. Even in tough situations, look for the good. I know to which I speak in this sentence. I have been in the scenarios where it felt like things would overwhelm me and I felt overcome by life circumstances that really were too big for a 19-year-old to hold. And yet, there were people around me that cared. There are people that are helping people. Some people are willing to get curious and come alongside people that are struggling and listen and learn about those experiences. Some people are willing to go out of their way to speak truth, be kind, be a support. I've had that. I've been in that space where I thought things could overcome and overwhelm me. And I discovered that actually look for the helpers because people want to help. And there is hope and there is possibility that the tough situations can transform and consider that what you're learning today might really benefit you a decade from now. I am a living example. The fourth strategy to address stress is time management. You want to create a structure or a routine, whatever word you prefer, that includes all the things you want to do. Make sure you include margins for breaks and downtime. Efficient time management reduces your feelings of overwhelm. <laughs> Ask me how I know. This was most definitely not my strong suit and every one of my family members knows it. Consider time blocking. I have a time audit if you'd like one. 
and consider using to-do lists, getting stuff out of your head and writing it down on paper. You should see my to-do lists. <laughs> if I think something is important, I make sure it gets written down. The fifth strategy is obviously to reach out for support. You don't have to do this all alone. You can connect with other homeschool parents for support and advice. I know of an online support group for homeschool moms. Also meeting this Friday, the homeschool mom support group. This can be a valuable resource. And if you know that you're consistently feeling overwhelmed or anxious, seek out professional help. A therapist or a life coach can help give you guidance and strategies for managing stress and anxiety and all your big emotions. If you want to have a conversation with me, I'm a certified life coach, just send me a message and we can decide how we can create a plan to help you overcome your overwhelm. And also join me in the Patreon Homeschool Mama Support Group, a weekly drop-in homeschool mom room where we discuss these exact things. The sixth strategy that I'd share with you is to delegate tasks. Share responsibilities with your partner, if possible, or involve older kids in household chores and occasional childcare. Don't be afraid to ask for help from family and friends. Uh, there's something about we want to be the helpers, but we don't want to be the helped. And yet people love to help. I mean, okay, not everybody, but a lot of people. A lot of people love helping, and when they're asked, they feel honored that you asked. Determine which tasks can be delegated to others. Can your kids take on certain chores or responsibilities? Can you entirely let them go for a season? Can your partner help with certain tasks? So delegate tasks as you can. The seventh strategy would be to learn to say no. Avoid overcommitting to social engagements or extracurricular activities. Sometimes they're fun and they actually help your kids, you know, create a space that is away from the four walls of your home when there is a stressful season. So it is actually useful to hang out with other people outside of your home at times. But maybe you could leave the kids with them while you go do some errands or something or have some downtime for yourself. One thing I know for sure in the homeschool mom life, Less is always more, always. Whether you are extroverted or introverted, less is always more. And the kids will be happier too, by the way. The eighth strategy that I'd share with you to tame the homeschool stress dragon is to incorporate mindfulness and relaxation techniques. Practice mindfulness techniques. If you haven't done that already, join me in the homeschool mom room because in a week or two that is exactly what we're going to do is actually show you how to use these techniques also meditation no question in my mind <laughs> that meditation works because i have seen it in action for myself and also you can see it in double blind randomized controlled trials that prove it does indeed benefit you also deep breathing exercises help to manage stress and anxiety. Try it. It is the wildest thing to me that the act of breathing, the thing that has to happen if you want to stay alive, is something that you can control that actually can slow you down and make you feel less stressed. Like try it with me right now. 
if you just stop for a moment and I have to slow down because I'm a little bit more out of breath all the time when I'm recording, um, just notice where your breath is. How are you breathing? Sometimes it's more shallow than you realized. Okay, so you found your breath. Take a slow, deep breath through your nose for about, say, four counts. Now hold it and then take one more sip at the top, a sip of breath at the top. Who knew you could do that? Now hold it for another four beats and release it slowly as though you are blowing out of a straw ever so slowly. Let's do it again. So breathe your nose for four beats. Take another sip of air. Hold that breath for four beats. Exhale through the straw of your mouth. When you do that over two, three minutes, it acts the same way your foot acts when you put your foot slowly on a brake to get ready to stop at a stop sign. So remember, you can use deep breathing exercises to manage stress and anxiety. The ninth strategy I'd share is to burn off homeschool stress with physical activity. This is my number one reason to exercise. I like doing outdoor activities in themselves, but I remember a period of my teenage years when I was really intent on harnessing my inner anorexic. If I'm joking, you think I'm joking, then I don't know that I was. I definitely am a child of the 80s. And if you are also a child of the 80s, you know what I mean. The expectation around body image at that time was off the charts. And I remember getting on an exercise bike every day, every day for 45 minutes every day for about seven or eight months. And I was thin before I began that. And then I kept doing it every day. I was intent on losing weight and looking like, I don't know, something else. That's all I can remember because I remember seeing a photo of myself in a swimsuit on a patio, but I didn't know it was me. And I remember thinking, oh, she's really beautiful. And then realizing it was me. But that's not how I felt inside of my body. And I was using exercise in a way that was really unhealthy at the time. So if that's you, my heart goes out to you. I know what that feels like. I have transformed how I approach exercise. I see exercise as a way to burn off tension. And of course, it obviously has other benefits, but it actually burns off tension and turns up the happy hormones in your body, which you absolutely need. So find time for physical activities like jumping on a trampoline. I do that regularly. A dance workout from YouTube. I did that so much that my kids did not like watching me dance to the dance monkey or Kesha. Oops, did I just say I danced to Kesha? Also a dance party on Friday night with the whole family. We have an actual playlist for that. It is so much fun. Or just go for a walk with your dog. I do that almost every day. The 10th strategy that you can use to tame the homeschool stress dragon is to use online resources or educational tools. There are an abundance of them and free ones. It helps you to feel more efficient 
because you don't have to do everything, like put the effort into lesson planning for every single thing you're doing with your child. And um, like an online math program. There are online math programs that will teach your child, will test the child, and send you uh, detailed information about how they're doing. And there are many other tools that you can use to simplify how you're doing or how you're delivering certain content pieces in your home education. The 11th strategy that I would share is to plan for breaks. Incorporate them into your routine. A week off or a few days of lighter work can help both you and your kids recharge so you can continue to enjoy the homeschool thing. You will especially need this around Christmas when things are pretty typically challenging for people when they're trying to do all the parties and events and, you know, buy gifts and wrap gifts. And you know what? I just realized my daughter is the daughter that I launched this year is not going to be here a few weeks before Christmas because she's off on the other side of the country and I'm going to have to wrap gifts alone. (laughs) Uh, Yet another reason to not want kids to launch. Okay, but back to the originally planned intention. It is to plan for breaks. So during Christmas or during your holiday season, whatever holidays you celebrate, that is not a time to shift into a different unit study. That's a time to lighten things up. More is going to be brought to your plate and you don't need more in December or January. So take a few days off or take a few weeks off. If you have a fairly consistent routine, the rest of the weeks, the rest of the year, you're going to feel more at ease to take a few days off. So plan for breaks. The 12th strategy is to celebrate your small wins. You want to acknowledge and celebrate your kids' small achievements and milestones and also yours. You could do it like a 100-day party. We would always count down the days till the 100th day. And on the 100th day, we would celebrate with a variety of activities that were designed just for the 100-day party. And if you want to check out some of those details, you can head to the show notes page of this episode. It's titled How to Tame the Homeschool Stress Dragon. It is the 12th tip to celebrate small wins and you'll find a 100-day party. Positive reinforcement boosts your confidence, your child's confidence, and just makes the entire journey a little bit more fun. The 13th tip is to keep a journal when you are routinely experiencing some big emotion. So here it might be stress. If you are one to feel stressed, and that is a regular experience, not just in a big life moment, then consider keeping a journal so you can record the scenario around that big emotion. Writing down your thoughts and your feelings can be helpful to help you understand the patterns, the way that you're engaging things in your life. This was really useful for me when it came to time blocking, as I said earlier, because I always felt stressed when trying to get out the door to go anywhere. And here's why. Because I actually expected that my kids were able, no matter their age, to get their stuff on, get 
their stuff ready to go to whatever extracurricular activities we were attending and be in their car seats buckled up within five or ten minutes before we were leaving anywhere. (laughs) To say this is unrealistic of a, say, five-year-old is a little off the charts, but it really was how I was framing things and I was causing myself stress and I really only identified it when I began to time block and realize, hey, I'm doing this all the time. It's stressful for me, but it is most definitely stressful for my kids too. You know what happens when moms and kids are stressed at the same time? Nothing good's coming out of that. So if you would like to check out the journals that I've designed for homeschool moms, there is a specific habit tracker and a big emotions tracker in the daily homeschool mama journal and also the big emotions journal for the homeschool mom. You can find those resources on Etsy and on my website. There's also journals designed for you to help build your boundaries, to de-school your homeschool, and to grapple with overwhelm. The 14th strategy I'd share with you is by far the most challenging for me. To practice flexibility. Homeschooling allows for flexibility. We can literally craft whatever life we want with it. But guess what? (laughs) You have to actually choose to do it. If a particular curriculum or a particular approach isn't working for you, this is where you want to insert a little flexibility. Be willing to adjust. Try something new. Just this morning, I'm chatting with a mom that is homeschooling two daughters who are one, I think, is a preteen and another one is a teenager. And this is her first year. And so her experience is being given curriculum or resources from the homeschool school that oversees what she's doing in her home. And they're always being given a few more resources. Or maybe you could do this. Or what do you think about this? And she's wondering, how much is enough? At what point can I just let go and not feel tied to doing things in this one particular way? Well, I can't speak to her specific homeschooled experience and her homeschooled school, but I do know that this homeschool life really can allow for a lot of flexibility when we choose it. And I say, bring it on. Choose flexibility. Choose your freedom, girlfriend. The 15th strategy to tame your homeschool stress dragon is to schedule deep breathing breaks. So I spoke earlier about how you could do this deep breathing exercise to help slow your soul down. But I would suggest you to actually grab your phone. Imagine what the ideal time of the day would be for you to have a few deep calming breaths. Is it a Monday morning at 11 a.m. just like me on many of my days? Or is it perhaps at arsenic hour? right before dinner, when you got stuff to do, and it seems like everybody needs you. Whatever time of day it might be, you can schedule a daily reminder into your phone. And when the alarm rings, put your hand on your heart, check to see how you're feeling, take a breath, check in with yourself. How are you doing? How are you doing? I would love to hear how you're doing. And if this season is especially stressful for you, you can send me a message in my homeschool mama support group on Facebook. 
The 16th strategy that I'd share with you is to create realistic daily intentions. Okay, so each day set clear, achievable intentions for what you and your kids can realistically accomplish. I began my homeschool life with a most lovely curriculum out of the box. I adored the book offerings that they gave me. I learned so much history. I adored the way they put things together. However, I also adored checking every single thing off the list. And so our days were somewhere between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. with my eight-year-old, six-year-old, four-year-old, and eight-month-old, something like that. That's a lot. If no one's told you that, this is a lot. And so realistic? Not so much. Again, you know you are unrealistic if you can time block your activities and create margins for sleeping, eating, going to the bathroom, and driving to town. You can use the time audit I offer you to clarify whether or not you have enough time in the day to do all the things peacefully. Instead of creating a giant to-do list, consider what's most important for that day and what you can actually complete. This approach helps you to focus on priorities and reduces the pressure to do it all. Sometimes it requires a conversation with someone like a life coach to clarify what exactly are your priorities, because everything can't be a priority. By managing your daily goals effectively, you can actually enhance your productivity, minimize your stress, and also feel more present in what you're doing. The 17th strategy I offer you is to embrace acceptance, or at least try. Acknowledge that homeschooling may not always look like what you initially envisioned, and that's okay. In fact, I have yet to meet anyone that said it It is exactly as I thought it would be. It's important to accept that circumstances and challenges can change or arise when unexpected. Although none of us want them, it turns out it's a thing. They do arise in life unexpectedly. We need to embrace the idea that learning to adapt to new things, becoming more flexible, is actually a powerful tool for reducing stress. And though I don't think any of us need to actually schedule that in because life will introduce it occasionally to us, just be reminded by me right now that there are going to be certain things that enter your life that you were not expecting, don't want to include, thank you very much. But it turns out I would suggest maybe life is calling you to growth in some area you can't even understand right now. We can navigate unexpected changes and become more resilient as a result. And P.S. Resilience is born from practice, practice, practice. The 18th strategy to tame the homeschool stress dragon is to practice self-compassionate dialogue. So when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, you can engage in intentional dialogue with yourself. This means you need a mirror. You want to speak to yourself as you would a friend who's going through a challenging time. Because when you're looking into those blue-gray eyes and notice your 
healthy creases for that 50-year-old female body that you inhabit, you are going to recognize that you too, even though you are homeschool mom, you too are a human being that has needs and that occasionally needs a little love from someone else. Remind yourself maybe when you're staring into that mirror that these difficulties are likely temporary, that things will likely improve, that you can establish new routines if the ones that you had were blown up. This self-compassion approach can help you feel more hopeful and also help you be more resilient because you're leaning into accepting what is. If you want to learn more about self-compassion, I offer a few podcast episodes like the Nurturing Resilience and Big Emotions with Lindsay Castleman that I offered just a few weeks ago. Also, I have an episode titled Homeschool Help for Mom, Dealing with Her Big Emotions. Five ways we can include self-compassion for homeschool moms. And I even created a Self-Compassion for Homeschool Moms course to nurture you. The 19th strategy that I'd share is the 19th strategy that I'd share with you is exactly a strategy I shared earlier, but I'm going to reinforce it. I'll just say it again. It's mirroring self-talk. So practicing that mirror self-talk is if you were speaking to a friend, if you haven't heard my story already, I kind of fell into this. I was in a moment of frustration. I don't remember the story. I don't remember why, but I'm sure you can imagine. I remember that I was with my homeschool kids and that I was feeling really intense. I didn't have access to my husband at the time, and I didn't have access to my friend who I typically spoke to at the time. And so instead, I took myself intuitively to the mirror. And when I saw myself, I could see I was sad and frustrated. It was different looking at myself in the mirror and noticing these things than sitting in the corner of my bedroom crying and just feeling and thinking through those things. When I looked at myself in the mirror, I could see I needed a little love. So now I know when I'm looking into that mirror that I can actually speak to myself as though I am speaking to my friend. I can speak in a constructive way because you know what happens when you talk with a friend? You don't speak to your friend in a, you know what? I don't think that you are a good mother. I don't think you should be homeschooling. I think that you should do anything but this. You should definitely move on. Uh, We don't do stuff like that. We don't talk like that to our friends. And you know what? We do talk like that to ourselves. So we need to practice to speak differently to ourselves. So bring yourself over to a mirror and notice, look, it's a human being on the other side of that mirror. So look into your own eyes. Recognize that you want to be kind to the friend in front of you. Because you notice there is a human looking right back at you. And she deserves to be spoken to kindly. The 20th strategy that I'd share with you is to incorporate mantras or affirmations that will help you be more accepting and present in whatever scenario you're in. Avoid dwelling on complaining. Okay, so here's the thing. We all need someone to complain to at times and feel like we can be heard no matter what comes out of our mouth. And also, we also need people to say, you know what? 
this is not helping you anymore. At a certain point, this is making things worse for you because you're dwelling on the things that are negative and unhelpful. And maybe I'll be your friend right now because I've known it in my own life and I also know it with others that dwelling on complaining and negativity is not serving you. Now, if you're in a conversation with me in a life coaching session or you have been in a life coaching session with me, I am in no way suggesting that you should not ever complain or be negative. Welcome to life. It's going to happen. And I'm the person that will be listening, of course. But I also am hoping to help guide you to be intentional about how you want to engage those things. As I love when other people do that with me, because I don't like being stuck in complaining and negativity. I'm not sure who it serves, but it's much like eating too much ice cream. In the beginning, you're like, yes, ice cream, rocky road. Could we bring on more marshmallows and chocolate bits and less nuts, but bring on the ice cream. And then after a while, you're like, I kind of feel like this is too much. My head has a giant sugar rush. My stomach feels bloated. I ate too much. Ditto for complaining and negativity. It makes you feel like that, bloated, dissatisfied. I know it's easier to say, more challenging to do, but I encourage you instead to create affirmations for yourself. Like, I accept things as they are. Of course, this is a perfect time to discuss prayer. If you are a praying person, then to insert a prayer, but you probably don't need to be told that. You already know it. Praying affirmations, this can be your goal instead because it helps you not to complain and not to stick to the negativity, the negative aspects of your situation. So if you catch yourself on a path of non-acceptance and complaining, practice redirecting your thoughts and refocusing on what you can change or improve. And if you know that this is a real strong challenge of yours, I encourage you to grab the Homeschool Mama Daily Journal and use the Habit Tracker so you can train yourself to be more accepting. And if you're looking for more affirmations, consider checking out my Homeschool Mama Daily Affirmations too. So the 21st strategy is breathing techniques. In this section of the Breathing Techniques for Homeschool Stress, I offer you five different YouTube meditations or breathing techniques or stress relieving because in this section of this discussion I offer you five different techniques that you can find on YouTube. Now I have used these specific meditations or these breathing techniques and I highly recommend them. I've got one that's called a meditation to reset, beautiful relaxing music for relaxation and stress relief, a five-minute meditation to recenter, box breathing relaxation, and an entire playlist for the Homeschool Mama breath work. Recently, I've been spending more time on my YouTube channel, Homeschool Mom Wellness and Mindset Coach. That's what it's called. And I have a variety of playlists. One of the my YouTube social media manager, aka my daughter, has been helping clarify what I want to include in this YouTube, on this YouTube channel. And she was sharing with me, mom, do you really 
want to include uh, an entire playlist on PMS and perimenopause and pregnancy and postpartum. And I said to her, uh, yeah, because this definitely applies to us homeschool mamas. Can I hear an amen? So if any of those things or a variety of other things that will definitely pertain to you make you think, huh, I wonder if some of this could be useful. You're welcome to head over to my YouTube channel, Homeschool Mom Wellness and Mindset Coach. The 22nd strategy to tame the homeschool stress dragon is to do a morning self-check. So start with your day with a moment of self-reflection. Kind of like that mindfulness moment I spoke to earlier, to put your hand on your heart, to take a breath and ask yourself, how are you doing this morning? Good morning. How are you? Maybe you can give yourself a numerical rating, like one out of 10, um, to gauge where you're at emotionally. Just to pay attention to your emotional landscape, just like you do when your phone alarm dings, but before you start the day. And the 23rd thing that I can offer you to help tame the homeschool stress dragon is to identify the overwhelming tasks. Make a list of all the tasks. Yes, I know that sounds overwhelming, but it is very useful to do it once, to make a list of everything you're doing, all the tasks, all the responsibilities, and then assess them out of a scale of one to 10. How stressful or anxiety producing is this thing? Then determine when or if they need to be completed. Determine how much of your life you want to spend time doing them. Recognize that there will always be something to do. That's called life. There will always be another floor to sweep, another lonely sock to search for. Don't do that. That would be a waste of time. Or just, you know, scheduling a little time each week to do the most mundane things, but then leaving them and deciding that you can't do it all. You get to decide how you spend your life, how much time you spend your life doing them, or whether you do them at all. Identify those tasks that you don't want to do and outsource them or just stop doing them. I want you to know that you're not alone in facing these challenges. I hope one or a few of these strategies can be useful for you to help you tame the homeschool stress dragon. I want you to know that you're not alone in facing these challenges. I'm over here in the Homeschool Mama support group. You can access me pretty much every day if you're part of the Patreon Homeschool Mama support group, or you can find me at the Facebook group, Homeschool Mama support group, or I'm also on Instagram. As I just said, I'm now on YouTube. You're not alone in facing these challenges. Many homeschool moms are with you right now. And it feels more supportive to homeschool alongside others. So I encourage you to do it. But by applying some of these techniques to help address your homeschool stress, you can navigate this homeschool lifestyle and move toward a greater satisfaction in all the things you do. I know you can do this, homeschool mama. You can. You got this, girlfriend. Practice, practice, practice. If this podcast was an encouragement for you, would you share it with someone you know would benefit from it? And would you consider sharing your thoughts or a review on Spotify or Apple? 
when you do that, Apple and Spotify will share this podcast with other people too. I would love to hear from you as well. If, if you've put one of these practices in place, let me know about it. If you're considering life coaching, you're welcome to book a session with me. You can find the booking link on the first page of my website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. To help counteract the overwhelm that many of us are experiencing in this season, I offer you the overwhelm checklist and an overwhelm assessment to clarify what areas you're overwhelmed by. And you can find the Overcoming Overwhelm Journaling Workbook on Etsy or on my website, capturingthecharmlife.com. If you're curious to learn more about the Overcoming Overwhelm Group Coaching Program, talk to me. Email me at teresawiedrich at outlook.com. Until next week, I want for you and your homeschool kids to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.